corrections. Make corrections. Yeah, those are the laws of balance. Staying focused on God, making corrections. But but and the clear objective is to win. But how do we win? By the word of God. By the word of God. Amen. All those work together, true enough. But the way you win this thing is, is that you discern what the will of God is for your life. What is the will of God for your life? See, we have a will, our soul. A lot of people say, you know, mind, body, and spirit, but actually we're soul, body, and spirit. The soul is what? Our minds, our will, and our emotions. So we have stuff that we want to do. We have stuff that we want to think. We have stuff that we get upset about, but we got to understand and we got to yield to what God gets upset about. What God thinks about and what God wants us to do. Amen. We got to, in order to win, we got to discern what the will of God is for our life. Turn, turn to Romans 6. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Because in order to win this thing, you got to know what the will of God is for your life. Because again, you can be a public success, but a private failure. A public success, but a private faith. Everybody see you, they think you got it going on, but on the, in, the, in behind the doors, you falling completely apart because you wearing a mask. And I'm, I'm not saying you're supposed to just go out and, and lay yourself all out over the place and let everybody just know all your business, but at the same time, we shouldn't be fake either. Amen? Yeah. But a lot of times what happens is, is that we've just simply gotten out of the will of God for our life. We've just simply gotten out of the will of God for our life. Amen? Amen? So we need to discern what the will of God is for our life. Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 13. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It says, Do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer and yield yourselves to God as though you have been raised from the dead to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. What is all that saying? It's saying do not continue offering or yielding your body to sin as instruments. So he's telling you right there, the first thing you got to do to get that will of God, to get in the will of God is, is you can't continue yielding your, your body, yielding what you want to do to sin as instruments of sin. Sin is what? Separation from God. There's no, there's no degree of sin. There's no, well, you know, I cuss, but, but I don't do, I don't fornicate, or I fornicate, but I don't get high. I, you know, I don't backbite, I don't gossip, but you know, I, I, I cheat on my taxes. There's no, there's no degrees of sin. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna look better to God because you do something that this other person don't do. Amen. There's no degrees. There's no degrees of sin. It's not like Pinocchio where if you sin, your nose grows, and we can tell how much sin you got by how long your nose is. It's all sin to God. It all separates you from God. It all puts you outside of the will of God, no matter what it is. Amen? And he says, quit yielding to the sin. Quit yielding to it. Quit yielding to it. Because see, a lot of times, we got to understand, temptation is not a sin. Temptation is not a sin. 
for all the dudes in here, you see the you see the fire little female and she walking through the school and you know she got it going on, everything right, everything tight, and you looking at it and you got these thoughts going through your head and you know they might not be right because you, you know your mama told you you ain't supposed to be doing that kind of stuff because God don't want you doing that kind of stuff. That's not a sin. The temptation is not a sin. What's the sin? The action when you yield to it. When you yield to it. And that's the key word is yield. How many know when you drive, okay, you come up to a yield sign, what do you do at a yield sign? You slow down. You slow down, right? Why? Because there's some decisions to be made. You can't just go flying out into the traffic because you might get hit. You got to come up to it. You don't come to a complete stop, but you got to slow down. You got to slow down a little bit. So that's what you got to do when that temptation comes. You got to yield. You got to slow down. Think about it. Think about it. What look good to you right now could be a crazy baby mama nine months from now. Amen. Slow down a little bit. Slow down a little bit. Don't yield to everything that's presented to you. Like they say, everything that glitter is not gold. Some of it is just some painted on spray paint on top of metal. Amen. You got a crazy baby mama underneath that tight miniskirt. Amen. Don't yield. It says stop yielding yourselves to to the thing. Being instruments. Being instruments. What's what's an instrument? Being an instrument of weakness. What's an instrument? It's a tool. Or better yet, it's something that's played. It's something that's played. And it doesn't play by itself. Right? It takes somebody to play a piano. It takes somebody to play a trumpet. It takes somebody to play a drum. Amen? So if you're an instrument of sin, then guess what? Somebody playing you. Say that. And better yet, you allowing yourself to be played. And they can pick you up and play you, put you down, pick you up, play you, put you down, pick you up, play you, and put you down. And you allow it. He says, stop doing that. Do not continue offering and yielding yourself to sin. But then he goes on into the B side of this verse. And he says, but yield yourselves to God as though you have been raised from the dead to God, presenting, presenting your body to them as implements or instruments of righteousness. And that Greek word right here is instruments. Is 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 talking about arms? It's from the Greek word hoplon, and it means arms used in warfare. So he's saying, yield yourself to God so that you can be an instrument used in warfare. Because how many know you in warfare? Whether you realize or not, you in warfare. Ephesians 6.10 tells you that. It says, put on all the armor of God. Well, I got to put on armor because you in battle. You can't go into battle naked. You can't go into battle without your armor on. You can't go into battle unprotected. You can't go into schools. You can't go into jobs. You can't go in. You can't walk around this place unprotected. How do you protect yourself with the Word of God? Because, as my brother said, it's the foundation. You protect yourself. You wrap yourself in the foundation. So when the temptation comes, when those temptations come, when those thoughts come, when that person comes, when that situation comes, you won't yield to it. You won't be played by it. But you will put up your instrument of warfare and you will yield yourself to God and you will walk in his righteousness. Amen. 
And we all have an instrument to use. We all have an instrument to use. There was a story I read about this little, little boy who had a yo-yo, and he was playing with his yo-yo all the time, and he, was, he went to church, and he played with his yo-yo in church, and he didn't think that he had anything to offer. Because some of us say, well, what instrument do I have to offer God? How can I be used by God? How can I be spiritually employed? Well, long story short, the little boy's playing with his yo-yo and with his mama one night, and the pastor, the pastor, the, the, I mean, not with his mom, but with, with, with some other kids, and the pastor has to talk to the mom. So the mom goes in and talks to the pastor, and the, the dude is practicing and playing with his yo-yo and entertaining the kids. Well, him using his gift of that yo-yo to entertain those kids allowed that pastor to minister to the mother in a way that she would have never been able to be ministered to if she had her kids running around her feet. Amen? So just something as simple as being able to use a yo-yo can be used by God. Amen? Because we never know how God is connecting the dots. So don't think that you don't have something that God can use. Each and everybody sitting in here, if you're breathing in air right now, if you're taking it in, if you got the breath of life in you, that breath of life is coming from God himself. And he's giving it to you for a direct and specific purpose. The key is, is to understand what that purpose is. What that purpose is. Amen? We got to understand what that purpose is. What is the purpose? How do we figure out what it is? Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. See, we got to understand what our purpose is because our, our objective is to get into the will of God. Get into the will of God. Because if you're inside of his will, if you're inside of where he wants you to be, if you're doing what he wants you to do, how many know that that's the best place to be from a success standpoint? That's the best place to be from a prosperous standpoint. That's the best place to be from a health standpoint. It's to be inside of the will of God. Because God is the author and the finisher. He wrote the book. He wrote this thing called life. So who better to understand something than from the source itself? If you go in to watch a movie, which movie would you prefer to see? Do you want to look at the director's cut or do you want to look at the, the bootleg cut? You want the director's cut. And you want the director to sit there and say, yeah, I did this because of this. And you like how I did that scene right there? Well, this is why that. And this is why I had the clock sit there at 10 o'clock. And this is why I let this car go this way. You're getting a whole cut. Or you get in the booth there where you got people standing up. It's dark, you can't see. And see, a lot of us walking around living bootleg life. We got distractions standing up. We can't see because things are glim and dim and all things. And we got people yelling out and throwing stuff at the screen, talking out and laughing. And we thinking we enjoying the movie. I got it for free. I got it for cheap. Why do we keep cheating in our lives with bootleg copies of the word? When we got the director's cut, the word of God, and we can go right to the source and say, why did you do this? How did you do this? Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to act? What am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to answer on this test? How am I supposed to fill out this application? God will answer every one of those questions, but we just got to believe that he will. That's how you get into the will of God. I'll sit sometime on my job, and I'm a programmer. And I got a tough thing to try to figure out. And I say, God, how do, how do I solve this problem right here? And some people are like, God, I ain't got nothing to do with programming. Why not? Why not? If God got something to do with me, then he got something to do with everything I touch. That's right. 
everything I touch, no matter what it is, from the from what I put on the web to where I drive to to the what I program to who I talk to, God got something to do with everything. I'm going with the director's cut. I don't like bootlegs. I don't like bootlegs in the national. I don't buy them things no more. Because they is not, it's never worth it. I don't care what they say. This one's better. This one's so good. This one, that's what they come to you. This is better. This way is better. It's so better. You can learn more over here. This sound better. This religion sound better. This religion is better than this. Over here, this religion you get to have this many wives. Over here, this religion you get to you get to pimp out like this. Over here, this religion. Why are we? Taking all these bootleg religions when we got the director's cut that gives us relationship. 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 Like I said to brother, I said that what? Blood makes you kin, but family has relationship. See, we got a relationship with God. Relationship. Whatever we care about, he care about. Whatever we heard about, he hurting about. Whatever we thinking about, he thinking about. But he said, not only that, I want you to shift so that it, it, it comes in reverse. Stop making me in your image so that you can see me through who I am. So that you can become who I am. See, he made us speaking spirits. He made us speaking spirits. What I say, turn to Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. Starting in verse 9, and it says this. It says, for this reason, we also from the day we heard of it have not ceased to pray. Wait, my, my, I want to read it out of the other one. My, I'm sorry. Uh, that was out of Amplify. I'm going to read this one out of NIV. It says a little better for me. It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. What is all that saying? Right now, that's, that's showing us how to get into the will of God. It, it, what's the what? We got the who, what, when, and where right there in front of us. What's the what? What's the what? It says that God will do what? In verse, in verse 9, it says we continually ask God to do what? Feel you. Feel you. Feel you. Think about that. God is going to do what? Feel you. But that is under the assumption that you are already empty. See, if you already filled up with yourself, if you already filled up with pride, if you already filled up with I got it going on, I'm straight, I don't need no help. If you already filled up, then how can somebody pour something else into you? See, a lot of us are missing our blessings, a lot of us are missing our destiny because we so filled up, can't nobody tell us nothing. You might be one connection away from your scholarship. You might be one connection away from your raise. You might be one connection away from your house or your destiny. But you so filled up, can't nobody pour nothing into you. It says that God will fill you. He will fill you. So he's saying if you are empty, you don't have to worry about being empty. Because I'm going to fill you up. I'm going to fill you up. And we hear another scripture, it says what? That my cup runneth over. So he's basically saying, I'm going to fill you up so much that it's going to run over anyway. Yeah. 
You want to go get other cups, meaning you want to go get other yeah. people so that you can pour into them. And then they fill up and they overflow and they get poured into somebody else. It becomes a vicious cycle that you can't get out of. But the same is true for the negative. Amen. Because if I allow myself to get filled up with junk and then my cup overflows, then it overflows into that cup. And she got a bunch of junk and she fills up and she overflows and it flows into her. And then she's filling up with a bunch of junk and then it flows into him. And then he's filling up with a bunch of junk and it goes on and on and on. Yes. You're going to be filled with something. That's right. But you choose what you get filled with. Amen. But if God's doing the feeling, what is he going to fill you with? It says fill you with the knowledge. The knowledge of what? His will. His will. His will. He's going to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Somebody's saying, well, how do I know the will of God is in my life? He's going to tell you. But you got to yield. You got to stop filling yourself up with the sinful thing. You got to stop filling yourself up with the things that you like to do. And sometimes you just got to sit there and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? See, some of us scared to really ask that question because we scared he's going to tell us. <laughs> and it might not be what you want to hear. It might not be what you want to hear. See, when the rich man came up to God and in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, came up to Jesus in the, in the, in the scriptures, in the gospel, it said that, you know, it was a little conversation that went on, and he, he was kind of filled up with himself, and he said, you know, all the laws I follow. He was lying right there, because he was only thinking about the 10. He wasn't thinking about the 600 true Jewish law, but he was just saying, you know, I follow all the laws, I do all this stuff, you know, I'm, I'm straight, you know, I can be one of your followers. I got it going on. I got paper, so if you need paper, I got that. You know, I can help your ministry grow, whatever you need. I got it. Then Jesus hits him right where it hurt. He said, give all your money away. You see, a lot of pastors use that to get people to give their money. But that was a specific thing right there. He was talking to that man because he knew where his heart was. He knew where his heart was. He was filled up with pride, but he also believed that the money was his source. He took that money in like he took air in. And see, when money becomes your air, then money has become your God. So Jesus said, give it all up. And then it talks about in Scripture that his countenance changed, meaning his face changed, meaning he got sad. Meaning he just like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. But see, we have to ask God, what is your will? What is your will? So we can be filled with the knowledge. The knowledge right there meaning the discernment, the understanding, the true understanding of what God's will is for our life. Amen? Amen. And then it says what? That we, it says that we are filled with his knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding. You see that understanding? See it says in the scripture what? Do not what? Lean to your own understanding. But in all your ways, what? Acknowledge God. And see, we're talking about balance, right? That's what we close now is this balance. And it's saying, God already telling you you out of balance. When? You say, don't lean to your own understanding. He already telling you, you're going to lean when you try to understand through your own way. You're going to lean out of the wrong way. He said, don't lean to your own understanding. Don't get out of balance with your understanding because your understanding is finite. My understanding is infinite. My, my understanding is infinite. That's when I first made the connection with God because I'm a, I'm a very rational and thinking type person. And I read this thing one time about God and the, and the divine intelligence. 
Meaning that there's an intelligence that God has that's infinite. That means he knows all because he is the beginning and he is the end. He knows everything that is to know. And so when I, as a thinker, I'm like, man, if I can connect to a source that knows everything and I'm connected to it, if I'm plugged into it, then guess what? That means that I can know everything there is, needs to be known at that point in time. Amen. Just like this fan is plugged in and connected to the wall, it's receiving power, so therefore it can become what it was designed to be. But when I pull this fan out the wall, it's no longer a fan. It's just a piece of plastic sitting there. God is telling you, connect yourself with me fully so you can become who you were designed to be. Otherwise, you can walk around as a body. You're just a piece of plastic. You're not serving your purpose. Plug in so that you can blow the breath of life on the other people so that they can feel me just like you feeling this fan. So when you get plugged into the source, then you can blow the breath of life. Somebody can come and turn you on. You can get stirred up in this word. So then they can put you on rotate and I can have you blowing all over the earth. But you got to get plugged in. You got to get plugged in. And he says, then you'll be filled with the knowledge. You'll be filled with the knowledge. And how will you be filled with it? Through all wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is what? Wisdom is being an expert. Understanding is being able to put that thing together. You know, see, some people can have a lot of knowledge and a lot of lot of brain knowledge, a lot of book knowledge, but they say, you know, you, you, you got book smarts, but you street stupid. You know, but see, I like to say this. They say knowledge is power, right? Knowledge, everybody heard that. Knowledge is power. But wisdom is the light switch. See, if you want your knowledge to be turned on, then guess what? You got to connect to the wisdom so that the wisdom of God. It says what in, the, it says what in Proverbs? That the, the, the beginning of wisdom, the foundation of wisdom is what? The fear of God. And not fear like we're scared, but the awe of God, the, the, the glory of God, knowing that, man, God, you got everything I need. You the divine intelligence. You the divine inspiration. You the divine glory. You the divine connection. You the divine strategy. Everything I need, you are the source. You are the source. That's the fear of God. And once you connect to that, once you believe that, once you understand that, once you know that, then guess what? Now you are fully connected. And you won't be like the Pharisees, hearing but not understanding, seeing but not being able to discern. See, they call them Pharisees because it's really talking about how far can I see? How far can I see? See, you can only see so far. And some of us without contacts and glasses can't see at all. But you can only see so far. That's one of my things at, 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 at job, at my job that I'm on. I've been I've been there for about seven, eight years, and it's done been probably that many layoffs, if not double that. And each time I always say, God can see further down the road than I can. And I don't survive every single one of them. Because God can see further down the road than I can. I don't get panicked. I don't get frustrated. Because I'm like, I came here looking for a job. So I, you know, if I go to the next one, it'll be the same situation. Amen. So we got to understand that God is there for us. In Proverbs, it says that wisdom builds the house and understanding establishes it. 
The wisdom, the spirit of God builds the house, builds you up. They set the foundation. It lays it down. And then the understanding, yo, the truth that you get from that, the knowledge that you get from that, that's what establishes you. That's what makes you into your purpose. That makes you into the fan. That takes you from a piece of plastic to an instrument that can cool people. Amen? Amen. That's what wisdom and understanding is. You got to go from just having that head knowledge. See, knowledge will tell you Knowledge will tell you that a tomato is a fruit. Because a tomato is a fruit. It's a citrus fruit. But wisdom will tell you it don't belong in a fruit salad. Get that. Tomato is a fruit. That's what your knowledge will tell you. But wisdom will tell you it don't belong in a fruit salad. It won't taste right with peaches and apples and plums. Even though it's a fruit. Amen. Know the difference between the wisdom and knowledge. And then here's the beauty part of it all. God is reaffirming it again. Ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding where? How does it come? Who gives it? That the Spirit gives. That's enough right there to shout. The Spirit gives. The Spirit gives. And the, and the key word I want you to focus in on that is give. 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 When somebody gives you something, what's the beauty part in that? They trust you. That's good. You got to receive it. That's better. It's free. There you go. Who said that? It's free. It's free. So what God is saying right here, everything that I want to give you to know my will, the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding, all of this is free. It's free. You don't have to do nothing to get it. You can't do nothing to get it. Matter of fact, you don't even deserve it. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'm going to give it to you anyway. And then the beauty part, like somebody said, is because I trust you. How much is that that God trusts you? Think about that. God trusts you. Your mama might not trust you. Your brother might not trust you. Your job, no, they can't trust you. Because you're taking pens and paper home, but that's another story. <laughs> but God, Jim, Cliff, all that. Leave that stuff real quick. Leave that stuff word. That's still it. Amen. You know, I've done it before, but you know, you learn. You learn. You, you, you learn and you stop. Amen. But God trusts you. God trusts you. It's free. He gives it to you for free, and He trusts you with it. He trusts you with it. He says, I'm going to trust you with my knowledge. I'm going to trust you with my wisdom. I'm going to trust you with my understanding. Because I want you to know all this so that you can know my will, so that you can be an instrument in this kingdom. Amen? So that you can be used the way that you're supposed to be. So you won't be running around like a chicken with his head cut off, without no direction, without no aim. He said we're supposed to be what? The head and not the tail. The tail is not supposed to wag the dog. But that's what a lot of times we do. We we led by our tail. Or we either, either chasing tail. Now that was for somebody, but I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep, keep walking past that one. And say, verse 10, so that you may live a worthy life. We're doing all this, why? So that you can have a worthy life. And worthy, of course, we all know something having worth, having, having, you know, 
having a, a lot of, you know, possession or whatever, or, you know, it's worth something. You got gold or diamonds, it's worth something. But I saw another definition of worthy, and it says a person notable or important in a particular sphere. You notable or important in a particular sphere. So God is saying, I want you to have my wisdom, knowledge, and understanding so that you will know my will, so that you can have a worthy life, so that you can be notable and important in a particular sphere. What does that mean? In your kingdom, in your dominion, in your sphere where you operate every day, on your job, on in your in your in your beauty shop, in your schoolroom, wherever you are, I want you to be a notable and important person. I want people to know that when they come to you, they're not gonna get anything but the truth, the knowledge, and the understanding of who I am. And it's no, it doesn't mean that you're gonna beat them over the head with the scriptures, but they just gonna see it in how you walk, how you carry your life out. The decisions that you make. When everybody else going left, you're going to go right. That's what people are looking at. You don't have to be a Bible thumper and a Bible quarter. And you don't have to walk through your through your company walking around with a Bible and got scriptures quoted all over your cubicle. Because guess what? If the scripture that's on your cubicle wall don't line up with what you're saying over the lunch table, then it don't matter anyway. I'd much rather you say the right stuff to that person who's talking to you at lunch than to have the whole Bible all over your cubicle. Amen? But God said, be notable in your sphere. Meaning, be, be an impact. Impact where you are. Be a changer. Be a changer. Don't be a thermostat. Don't just come in and tell the temperature of things going on. I mean, a thermometer, I mean, where you just come in and you, you tell the temperature. If everybody complaining, you start complaining. If everybody happy, you happy. If everybody sad, you sad. You just a thermostat. You telling the degrees of what's going on around you. No, God is saying, be noble. Walk into that room. If everybody complaining, be the thermostat and shut that thing down. Turn it up so you can be like, no, all what, what, that don't need to be going on. Let's get this stuff together. Let's, let's work this thing out. Be the thermostat. Set the temperature. Set the situation. Set your destiny. Set your purpose. Set it. Have a clear objective of what you're going into this thing to do. Amen? Amen. Have a clear objective. And then it goes on to say, so that we can please God. Pleasing God, we know what? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So this thing is a faith wall. It ain't going to instantly come. And then it goes on to tell you that. It says, so you can live in verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. And here's it shows you right here. Bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit. So God is saying, be fruitful. Be fruitful in every good work. In everything that you do, be fruitful. It says what? You judge a person by their fruit. By their fruit. By their fruit. An apple only produces apple trees. A banana only produces banana trees. So if you're a Christian, you're only supposed to be producing Christian lifestyle. You can't be a Christian and producing going to the club every night. You can't be a, a Christian and getting high every day. Those two things are different. In Genesis, he says it all in order. He says that all seed shall produce after they what? Own kind. Own kind. So we need to produce out our own kind. Who is our own kind? God Himself. Because He said again in Genesis, what? 
that he, you were made in what? His likeness and in his image. So you're supposed to produce after your own kind. Whose are you? The DNA test, who's the daddy? God is a daddy. So if you're going to be like your daddy, then you got to produce like your daddy. And how does your daddy produce? Your daddy produces out of his mouth. He produces out of his mouth. He said, let there be, and there is. Your daddy produces according to his word. So put the word in your mouth so that God can produce in your mouth. But know that it takes time because the word is what? Seed, time, and harvest. And that time is what gets us. The seed and the harvest go together. If I got apple seeds, even if they're in a pack, that's an apple tree inside of them. It just takes time for it to get there. And that's why that word bearing is right there. Because that's the hard part. And I'm going to finish up with this. Because that's the hard part. That's the hard part. Is the bearing. What does bearing mean? To bear something. Means to endure. Means you're going to have to go through something. You're going to have to go through some things. It ain't going to always feel right. It ain't going to always feel good. You ain't going to always want to do it. But sometimes you just got to do it anyway. When, a, when they, they say you bear children. You don't feel like having that child. You don't feel like going through the labor pains. You don't feel like pushing that child out. But guess what? It ain't like you can turn around and go back. You've already been impregnated, so it's got to come out. You're going to have to bear it. It's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to take longer than you want it to. You might have to walk in. Like when you see the women, I know someone used to walk up and down the street trying to make the baby come. Yeah. You can't make something come until it's ready to come, but you still got to bear it. You can't turn around, and that's what God is saying. Each and every one of you have been impregnated with something that God has given you specifically and purposely for him to bear into this earth. And guess what? You cannot turn around. You've been impregnated. Do not spiritually abort this thing. Carry it to full term. And yes, it's going to hurt. Yeah, you're going to have to push. Yeah, you're going to have to squat down. Yeah, you're going to have to squeeze. Yeah, you're going to have to press through. Yeah, you're going to have to sometimes get up when you don't feel like it. Yeah, you're going to have to talk yourself off the ledge. Yeah, you're going to have to talk yourself out of depression. Yeah, you're going to have to talk yourself out of complaining. Yeah, you're going to have to talk yourself out of worry. Yeah, you're going to have to talk to yourself out of all situations that are against God so that you can bear this thing out. Because you got fruit to produce. You got fruit to produce. And then it goes on to say what? That in growing in the knowledge of God. Growing. Present participle. Meaning it doesn't end. It's a continuous thing. The more knowledge you get, the more knowledge you get. The more knowledge you get. The more you connect to God, then you get turned up. See this fan, using this fan again, it's got three settings on it. It's got three settings on it. One, two, and three. Right now it's on one. And it blows just a little bit. And that's where a lot of us are. We're on one. And we're blowing just a little bit. And God is saying, okay, but I want you to go up to two. Connect with me so you can get the two. Get the two. Bear through it. Bear through that thing. Don't worry about the folks who are talking about you. Don't worry about the folks who separating themselves from you. I ain't want them around you anyway. Don't worry about how your job ain't giving you the raise because that ain't your source anyway. Don't worry about it. Bail through the situation so I can turn you up some more. 
So now you're fully on full capacity and you operate in the way you were designed to operate. That's what God is wanting for us to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Amen? Amen. Because the reason we want his will is because of what it says in what? John chapter 5. It says that if we ask according to his will, then everything that we ask for what? Shall be given. Think about that. If you ask, but then there's a disclaimer, according to his will, that's John chapter 5, for whoever want to reference that, think verse 14. But if you ask, so the first thing is you got to ask. So my brother, he came and he asked for us, and we asked for Chris. I'm like, no, we ain't got none. I said, but that's good. Because if you ask not, you have not. First thing you got to do is ask. But then you got to make sure it's according to his will. How are you going to know you're in the will of God? Because you're going to be in the word of God. If you want to know God's will, if you want to know how God thinks, if you want to know how God sees, if you want to know how God even smells, you got to look at the word of God. Without the word of God, then you are disconnected. But if you ask according to his will, then guess what? All the things you ask for will be given. Think about that. And it's not like it's magic. It's not hocus pocus. It's not rub the, rub the Bible and stuff pop out. It ain't naming and claiming. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that we have that relationship. That once we are fully in balance, once we maintain our focus, says what? Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Not, not the righteousness on Sunday, but all his righteousness. And then it says what? All these things will be added unto you. Add. Add unto you. Maintain your reference. Make that constant correction. Romans 12, 2 says what? Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Through the word of God. Because we already have a sinful mind. That's what we, we, we born to sin. We born to mess up. But we can renew that. We can reprogram that. We can we can clear out our hard drive and download the right information. And then lastly, so that we can do what? Have a clear objective. Have a clear objective of what God wants us to do in his life. Amen. Amen. Amen.